My guest this week is Jamie Benn, Mortgage Advisor at CS Mortgage Solutions, and we're talking about getting a mortgage on a new build property. Welcome back to the Mortgages Money and More podcast with me, Craig Skelton. My guest this week is Jamie Benn, and we're discussing getting a mortgage on a new build property. Welcome back, Jamie. Thank you, Craig. It's always good to be back. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you back on the podcast as always, Jamie. And like I said, on the first time you came on the podcast, you um, gave a good account of yourself. You gave very informative and uh, we knew, had no, no doubt that you would be back on the podcast soon. So uh, we're struggling now to keep you away on the podcast, which, which is good, which is good, mate, to be fair. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's always nice to be wanted, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So this week we are talking about mortgages on new build properties. So you work with quite a few developers, builders, um, and you also you've done this for quite a few years now. So who better to go onto the podcast to talk about new build mortgages than you? So um, so yeah, just want to just have a chat about um, the process. What so people understand what the process is we'll talk about deposits who what to do when and all those just sort of different things so and then obviously any hints and tips you want to share with people that um are starting out and and finding that um new build or buying their first home as a new build property so so yeah just let's start jimmy with with the sort of process so when do people i wake up today i'm looking at on right move i'm looking on on the market on all the other property portals just first of all do do you find that the, the developers and the new build sites go on right move and on the market did they use the property portals to showcase the new homes well good question so some of them do yeah um but you would probably find that if even if it was used it probably wouldn't be used to the the greatest extent or, or the extent you would you would probably expect from a, a regular residential property going on the market um okay. it can can be because they've got hundreds of different types of builds that they're doing it could be different floor plans it could just be a case of they want to get a bit of an idea of the interest levels on the site so they try a, a one or two listings on there so so in the main you you'll see a lot of them will, will hit hit online but um but yeah in, in terms of behind the scenes there's also a lot that goes on behind there as well in terms of things that and maybe sold off plan or, or maybe don't actually even ever hit right move or the internet really right okay so if i see a site on there on to on the on right move or on the market as we mm-hmm. said i think so the best thing to do then is just get down to the site and look at the different options they've got then is that what you're saying absolutely yeah so you know especially with um with a, a newer site that that's coming about if it's something that you haven't seen before so you haven't seen any past kind of houses that have been sold in that development maybe it's something that's just come up recently i would always recommend getting yourself down to that site because the negotiator that's going to be based on that site is going to know they're going to live and breathe it they're going to know everything about it and if anybody in the world is going to be able to tell you what's coming up and and something that might benefit you it's going to be that person that's up there on site as well. Right. Okay. Brilliant. So I've been on to right move, found a site, gone down to the site, had a look, um, spe- spoken to the negotiator, gone through the sort of the different plans, 
different property types, like the locations of them, I'm guessing, on the site as well. So depending on the house and stuff like that. So that's the first thing that I'm going to do and get an idea of what's sort of going on. What's sort of the next part of the process then from there? So there's something I've seen. Do I start negotiating with a the the site office there and then or do i see a mortgage advisor first of all or do i go and see my bank what what's a, what's the next part of the process so i suppose if if we're looking at the whole process i would we've probably skipped a little step there even by get, getting ourselves down to the site um uh, and the reason that i say that is is that negotiator just as they're going to live and breathe that site they're going to want to see you in the best position possible if you do want to come forward to to purchase a plot on the site as well so if it was one of my clients and I, and I could hold them back from uh, rushing straight off down to the site, I would first of all sit through and just double check the affordability on the case, make sure that we can put a bit of backing behind them going up to the, the site and go, hi, my name's James. I've been looking at these as soon as they came on the internet. I spoke to my mortgage broker. I've checked my financial affordability and I'm good to go. Can you talk me through your options as, as to what you've got available? This is exactly what I'm looking for. Have you got anything that fits? And with a, a greeting like that, you're much more likely to get your negotiator on board. They understand the position you're in. They know you're a serious buyer. And they're going to do everything possible to do their job, which is, is to sell the site and the property to you. So try and make, make everything fit you and, and everything as comfortable as possible. So we'd probably put that a little bit earlier in the process just to give you that advantage when you hit the site first time once you've gone down to the site and you've seen a property we've had that discussion with the negotiator and we go do you know what yeah i really do like that that's when me and my client will come up with a, an offer strategy new builds are, are pretty easy to read to be quite honest because what's happened on the site before can dictate a lot and it's also very easy to see where the margins will be as well so when they get towards the end of the build and the the profit is is the last couple of houses that are left, we can sometimes have a bit more room to manoeuvre on some of the variables like carpets being thrown in or blinds or some of the little things you don't really even think about at this stage of the process as well. So it, it's all about trying to get yourself in that good position first, um, where we understand your finances, view the property, we'll then come together and put the offer in. And from that point onwards, it's just about working together and communicating with the new build company as to where the build may be if it's not quite built yet and we've purchased off plan. It might be the exact opposite and the house is built and they want us in as soon as possible where we've got to keep the, the building company up to date as to progress because they've got some very strict timelines they want to fit you in as well. So the bulk of the process has to be really done at the start to enable you to move as quickly as possible once you've you've set on the property you really like. Okay. And to be honest with you, I mean, that's a perfect explanation of what the process should be from the start. I went off piece with that. I went straight in, viewed the property, went to the site. Do you find that people do it? that way because that's the exciting part well that that's the thing that's the exciting part isn't it? that's viewing finding the house seeing those shiny things in the house and things like that that's the exciting part of it not even though i'm sure your clients love you jamie and love spending time with you mm -hmm. at the end of the day you are getting them into debt where so that's mm -hmm. not something people want to do every single day they want to see what that debt is going to bring them so that's the first thing that they always sort of 
want to go for is the let's look at the house, let's look at that first of all. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. The process, and I'm glad to, to to hear that you say that people do it all the time where they'll go in and do it the wrong way from the start. And that's the idea of the, the podcast, just to explain to people that it is about meeting with you first of all and having that first appointment. Because like you say, when you've explained it like that, when you go into the site for the first time, you put yourself in a really, really strong position by from what you said, the way you the way you propositioned it, and the way you put that forward there, was perfect. Why would you not want to be in that situation? So, taking a, a bit of a breath back, a bit stripping it back a little bit, the first part of the process clearly and the right way of doing it is sat down with you and have a meeting with you first of all, so you can get them prepared to to visit the site. That's absolutely right. Yes, yeah. and and you touched on a really important point. You know. People do do it all the time. I know it's not exciting coming to speak to me about mortgages. And I know nobody really wants a mortgage. They, they want the house instead. But your point's absolutely valid. It, it's one of those necessary evils in life is uh, is a mortgage to, to get what you want. So we've got to do it, unfortunately, not the exciting way around. But it makes for a much more exciting trip when you can go in and, and have the ability to go, do you know what? I already know I can afford this. I don't have to take any time and leave. I can I can really build on this excitement. And if I wanted to, I, I can get that property reserved for myself today. You know, it, there's nothing more exciting than that when you really are in the that situation. Okay, you, you said a little bit there about reserving that property today. So is that the next part of the process? So we've seen you, we've visited the site, we've looked at the plots, we've then got a office strategy with with you and your knowledge and your experience or why would you not take advantage of that of working with mm-hmm. you to then look to get the um the property reserved and then the new home reserved so how does that work in terms of the the, the process and the next step yeah so i suppose there's there's a couple of different ways that i'd have to break it down into because on the new build front you've we've probably just got to touch on the affordable um the affordable home side of things as well so on a shared ownership side of things, it's a little bit more um, labour intensive. So we have to, um, in the in the meantime, we have to send off a little form to a housing association to be approved for your affordability. And we also need to have your um, proof of deposit funds and everything verified beforehand to get that sorted. So other than that, it's exactly the same whether we're looking at affordable housing or a standard residential purchase. Right, okay, that's, that's yeah. That I, I'm just trying to get the process right in my head, Jim. But that, so I understand that. Then no, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's clear with that. So, in essence, the difference, other than that, the the same process is followed. So we we go and speak to the negotiator. It will be either a a, a purchase off plan or a purchase of a built property. So. When they're talking about purchase off plan, that's just the plans of the property without the actual structure having been built yet. That obviously will include some kind of wait time for the completion of the property too. If we've got the property as build complete, then it will be a bit of a quicker process in terms of the verification and moving forward because the property is going to be there a little bit quicker for you as well. So irrespective, you're going to be looking at um, proving your identity and your address to the home builder, providing them a valid agreement in principle, along with your proof of funds. And then obviously once that offer has been accepted by them, 
and we've decided the price and what's included within it, that's when you would look to have the property as 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 marked as sold. So we with new build as with anything else, we do need to act with a certain amount of kind of pace to to make sure we keep up with the demand of the area as well. So we, we need to try and make sure we've got everything ready that should you get the exact plot you really like um, and, and should you have that offer accepted, you're in a position to back that up straight away because within 24 hours, the builder would look to sell that plot again, if not, um, if, if you can't provide a good explanation. So it, it's about being able to act quickly and, um, and being in a position where once the property's, um, the property's been allocated to you, you can do everything possible to get it taken off the market as well. Right, okay. So what's coming across clear is about the speed of getting into the process. So we'll talk a little bit about timescales, but yeah, we can, we can, it's clearly coming across that speed is of the essence with regards to, to buying the, a new build. So when you talked about reserving, do you have to pay a fee to reserve? Is it refundable, non-refundable if you have to do pay a fee? Yeah, so some plots you do have to. Well, nearly all plots you've got some kind of fee, but um, the plot will ve- it will it will vary depending on the the property price and the and the plot that you're looking at. I wouldn't expect anything ludicrous on the fee amounts. You know, your usual figures are you know up to a thousand pounds, let's say. But I wouldn't be looking at trying to save too much more than that unless you're looking at a, a property that's over the kind of two fifty mark where things go into a whole different ball game. It's just developer led at that point so there's some of the important questions we have to ask the developer at the point of going to see the properties too in 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 essence you're right so it's a case of trying to um once the plot has been reserved uh, we need to act with speed make sure it's taken off the market and from a legal standpoint presuming the the property's built you can move quite quickly so it's working to your own time scales and making sure that the savings plans that we've discussed beforehand, you've got the money there ready to go. Otherwise, we might be better off discussing with the builder a plot that's coming up further down the line when you've had a bit more time to save. Right, okay. And in terms of, you sort of said a little bit about what we, what I would call incentives, so you said a little bit about carpets and things like that. What Because that can be a bit of a minefield, for particularly for first-time buyers what sort of incentives do they normally offer how does that fit with mortgage lenders is it acceptable is what's not acceptable kind of thing so we never want any kind of cash incentives in there really um that's something that a mortgage lender is going to flag up straight away as something that maybe isn't very appropriate and as such it, it might be not be an incentive that they're willing to to get behind and offer you a mortgage on either so we do have to be a little bit careful as to the incentives that we we agree with in the sale but The things that are most acceptable and and seen most often in some of these properties are things like floors and carpets, finishing, uh, agreeing kind of upgrades on maybe it's countertops, uh, finishing of tiles. It it can be anything. I've I've gone as far as having a fence changed for a client before as part of their uh, offer. And it was it was the design of the fence rather than the wood on it itself. So there's. There's all sorts because we're dealing with a really big conglomerate company that's got a lot of cash, but you know they they want the best buyers to come forward. And when you when you can recognise you're in that position, it gives you a lot of power to be able to say, well, yes, I've got this property further down the road that's offering me, uh, you know, a nice a nice new carpet all the way through the house. 
is there any way we can match it? Often, you know, you, you'll find that they will do. It's not being too cheeky or asking for the wrong things and, and focusing on the things that are important to you as well, where you'll notice the finish. Which is good to hear. And I think, again, what I'm getting from you, Jamie, is that this is something you do day in, day out. So if I'm a mm-hmm. first-time buyer, never bought a house before, never dealt with a developer before, I can easily get carried away with the time scales and the incentives and all the, and the sales pitch. At the end of the day, they are salespeople with profit to make and margins to and mar- margins and targets to achieve. So I think from hearing you and listening to you, if you're going to be there for me on my side, well, I want you there mm-hmm. on my side when you look at negotiating because this is something you do day in, day out. And even talking on the podcast, it's clear that you're confident about dealing with these sorts of things. So why would I not want you in my corner if I'm buying for the first time? I wouldn't know what's gone on in the past, what other things have happened on the site, what other negotiations have been going on, whereas you will, you will know what sort of what's been worked towards and things like that. So so yeah, I think going back in terms of the process, getting you in the corner from the start will help me not mm-hmm. only short term, but also help me long term as well. Yeah. I mean you probably hit the nail on the head when it comes to developers too, because they're not they're not rookies at this game. Much like if I'm in your corner, I try every trick in the game to look after you. They'll be doing exactly the same when it comes to looking after themselves and the stakeholders too. The, the job's to get as much money out of you as possible for that help. So, yeah, it's nice to be in the corner of the, the little guy, I suppose, like you say, to help them try and uh, try try defend themselves. Definitely, definitely. In terms of typical people that, you speak to with regards to buying new builds is it generally first-time buyers or can home movers buy a new build as well that's okay and how does that work i suppose it's um it is a bit of a mix obviously but i would say the the vast majority of of clients going for the or first on to new build sites i should say seem to be first-time buyers i'd say you're, you're looking maybe 60 percent um, so just in in the swing of the kind of first time buyer side, but you you would you would also add as a caveat to that it completely depends on the the housing development. You'd maybe see a lot of first time buyers on some of the the houses under two fifty, under three hundred. When we're stretching over past that point, it's unusual to see a first time buyer within the within that that realm, unless it's it's maybe somebody a little bit older in life that's been renting for a, a longer period of time um or lives with parents looked after family or anything they've usually owned a property before, so it can be a bit scary for those people having kind of delved straight into the world in the deep end, so to speak but um it's it's very much a um a similar process, probably with somebody that's done it. It's like like buying from a vendor that's moved house a hundred times before. It's uh, they know everything that's going on behind the scenes, and they know everything that you were meant to do before you've done it. Sometimes, so it can feel a bit intimidating. But as long as you as long as you you follow the the process we're talking about now, you you'll find that you, you'll never go. You can't go far wrong with with what we're doing because we're always keeping them up to date. They've got contact with us from the start. So they can't complain. They understand where you're at. They know your situation from the start. So just that the more clarity you can provide them, the more you're going to get back from them as well. Okay, excellent. And and then when we sort of look at 
we've talked about incentives, but then we alluded a little bit at the beginning about sort of shared ownership and things like that. And we're not going to cover in detail about what shared ownership is. And you've done a help to buy podcast in the past, which was great and, and had a great response. So do you want to just briefly touch on what the government incentives are that, that there are with sort of new build properties? Yeah, so I suppose the, the biggest one at the moment is the, the 5% deposit. They're allowing you to, um, there's a government-backed scheme, which is allowing you to use 5% of your own deposit and then a government kind of 20% usually uh, deposit, which is going to be backing it in the in the background. On a shared ownership standpoint, you can look at buying certain percentages of the property. So you can buy 25% of a property if it's all you could afford at first. And then we look at ways to increase in your ownership over the years to be at 30, 40, 50, and hopefully one day 100% of the property that we, that we we get you to um, to own as well. They're, they're the two biggest incentives we're seeing on the new build front at the moment, with the, the 5% deposit probably being used more. All right, okay. And in terms of deposits generally if you don't want to use the help to buy scheme or the other schemes on there with a new bill on normal residential mortgages what's the minimum deposit that you need to save if you're not using the the government scheme we'd always advise 15 percent because right. that, that's going to allow you not just the, the, there are some really specialist options which you can look at in in certain circumstances under that but you're not going to offer yourself enough of the market to get a competitive interest rate at that. You're really beelining yourself to, to one lender, one rate, and that that's more than likely not going to be too affordable. So at 15%, you're starting to open yourself up to a, a few different options and lenders, uh, and that's where you'd, you'd start to find things that could fit. I would encourage you to save as much as possible on a new build property because the the level of deposit you can provide towards that is really going to affect the interest rate that you get on your mortgage. Right. Okay. And is it just normal, the rates are the same on new builders, what they would be if they were buying a, a second-hand home? or a sec- the, the rate's the same from a interest rate point of view if you are putting 15% down? Um, th- so th- they're similar. I, c- I couldn't say they're exactly the same because the new build rates are uh, slightly different to what we class as standard residential rates. So okay. they are classed as a more specialist kind of rate. Some lenders provide rates for both. So they are uh, exactly the same in terms of you can you can use that on a new build property or a standard um, under a certain loan to value scale. So so yes, you'd, you'd usually find a very similar and and you're not paying too much difference between the residential front and new build apart from your um kind of a initial solicitor solicitor fees and things like that when it comes to your stamp duty um land tax returns and registering the property and things like that and so in terms of solicitors and that was my next question so you led on well yeah. to that one can i do the developers have their own solicitors that you have to use or can you choose your own solicitor and go wherever you want to is a certain specialist with new build from a solicitor's point of view so the, they can't really ever tell you that you have to use them but the, they can certainly recommend people that they've had um, and used in the past that have maybe been quite good shared ownership new builds there, there are some specialisms to it and from a, a conveyancing standpoint so you are better having somebody that's dealt with it in the past and knows what to expect with section 106s and all these random 
things about selling roads back to councils and stuff you'll never really need to care about, but you'll be told about and wondering what's happening. I, I would always advise for myself, I've I've got a solicitor I've worked with for quite a while that I know he's, he's very good when it comes to shared ownership. He's got his head screwed on and he understands the process. A lot of my clients choose to use him. On the flip side of it, I have I've got no issue with a um, a conveyancer that's recommended by a, a building firm because obviously they, they do want you to, to get the property through as quickly as possible. But just bear in mind that there's, there's always a reason behind everything as well. There's always a motive behind why they're wanting to, um, for you to use their solicitor. If you've got a recommendation from somebody that's perhaps gone through something similar in the past and had a really good level of service, never be afraid to turn around, explain that to them and use those solicitors because that's all they really want to hear. They want to know that they've, they've gone through that process before. They understand everything. And in two weeks' time, they're not just going to have a conveyance on the phone going, I'm really sorry, guys, but I don't I don't know what this is or why you've sent me this or what this is. And it, it's something that's a, a nightmare for a developer and you could never imagine happening, but believe me, it does. Sounds like it does from experience there, Jeremy. So. Yeah. In terms of, I'm, I'm going to, I'm asking this question, and I think it's going to be a real tough one for you to answer. But is there any typical time scales with, if you look at ones that are not off plans? So obviously, off plans going to vary massively because it depends on the stage of the build, and so there's no real idea of time scales. But if you look from when it's been built and finished, because obviously we're all, everyone's going to get to that point at some stage. Is it sort of like a typical t- time scale of Right, this your build is now finished. To then you getting the keys and moving in, is mm-hmm. there sort of typical time scale around that? So yeah, I suppose there is. I always like to guide my clients that it will be six to eight weeks before they're in a in a in a position to to looking at having that date of yes, we're going to be having the keys. Usually, you'd hope after six weeks you'd be in a position to exchange within that eight weeks to to maybe get in the keys. It does depend very drastically on site. I've had sites in the past where we've had next door searches have gone through a month ago. We've used exactly the same searches for the, the new property that's been purchased. They've done the legal work overnight and it's taken about a week to go through from an, an exchange. So, again, there's things that we can do to really speed that up in special circumstances. But the vast majority of the time, we're going to be waiting for your local searches and things to come back, drainage reports, all of that stuff that's going to take the real time. Your mortgage should be agreed within the first two to three weeks, presuming we've got an agreement in principle sorted with no kind of extenuating circumstances that we've got to prove to the lender. So it's it's really a case of focusing on the legal work. And that's why the solicitor question comes up so much, because it's often what we're waiting for is a solicitor that maybe hasn't understood how far down the process we are with everything else. And there's nobody in there that has to move out or find another property or do anything else. There's an empty house with somebody waiting to live in it. I would always guide yourself to, to say at least six weeks um, on purchase. But if, if there is something that's really important to you to be trying to complete prior to that, bring it up to us, talk to us about it. Um, we'll have those chats with the developer. We're never scared to because the worst they can come back with is, is no, we can't do that. But in, in their book, the quicker they get you to buy the house, the quicker they get paid. You know, that they've got no issues with you trying to do it quickly. So never be afraid to ask or, or feel like it's a silly question. Excellent. And again, talking from experience, it's coming across clear that you are 
you know what you're doing, Jamie, with regards to, to new build, which is which is good. So we've covered process. We've talked about the right thing from the start, deposits, schemes, incentives, solicitors, yeah. mortgages. Is is there any other frequently asked questions that we've not picked up on, Jamie, so far? No, I don't. I don't really think so. I suppose the you you get the standard things as with all mortgages as to where your deposit, employment, income, and stuff come from. But the the biggest thing when it comes to to new build companies is is offer them clarity. If we've had that appointment at the start and you've you understand your situation, you can pass that on to the people on site. As could I if they called me. You know, you'd be surprised how many times somebody would leave a site and go, "Oh yeah, here are my details. This is my lender." Blah blah blah. I get a phone call from Joe Bloggs going, I've just seen so-and-so. Can they afford to buy in this site? What's happening with this? What's happening with that? And again, they'd never hear about it. So it's it's just trying to give yourself the best chance possible and put yourself in the best position possible so that if you were on the other side of that table and somebody came to you that knew nothing about you, they'd have enough to go, do you know what? Yeah, they, they really are interested in this and they're, they're really keen. So let's try help them in the way that they're helping us by being so forthcoming and providing us with all this information. And it's, you're opening up a two-way street then. That would be my biggest advice. Jamie, thank you very much for ending on that top tip, which is, uh, which is good information for everybody. So thank you very much for that. And if there's nothing else, thanks ever so much for your time. Again, I've been on the podcast. It's a great insight into the new build, the new build process. And if you're thinking about buying a new build right now, then it's clear that you need to be speaking to somebody that's going to work on your behalf and work in your corner and deal with the developers and things like that, which is, uh, which is clearly you, Jamie. That yeah, is, well, um, and, and that's not, I'm, I'm sure you will. And I think that's the thing is it's not, that's not a sales pitch. It literally is really good advice to, to get somebody working with you that deals with new build, the developers and, and the specialist in that, um, that chosen topic. So, but Jamie, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate your input. Um, if there are any other topics or questions that you want to discuss, please get in touch. And thank you to everyone who has listened and subscribed so far. Mm-hmm.